for the word tonight. Thank you for revealing things to us. For, 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 thank you for your hand of protection, provision, of health and healing. And Lord, we ask you for wisdom and revelation now to be poured out in our hearts in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay. Well, if you've been here with us, you know that we just recently did a series on the armor of God. And we were right here in Ephesians and talking about the helmet of salvation and the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit. And we went through all those different parts of the armor to make sure we're wearing the right stuff spiritually. Okay. It's interesting though if you keep these things in context that you get done with the armor and you run into verse 18 and it doesn't really even begin a new subject or even a new sentence the way our our uh, English Bible is written. It just says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And so we can see that someone wearing the proper spiritual armor and taking up the last one there, the sword of the Spirit, is for the purpose of doing business in prayer. How many know, first of all, that if someone is a prayer, they are dangerous to the enemy? Okay, when someone has committed themselves to pray, to seek God, to pray out His will in the earth, you better have some armor on. Right, Because the enemy will do everything in his power to get you to quit. To get you to stop doing that. To stop praying. Just go on and get busy. Go mow the lawn or something. Go, go do something else. He'll try to convince you to stop praying. Some he does with simple discouragement. And he'll try to tell you that it's not really doing anything. That you're really not accomplishing anything. If you've ever had that thought, i got to tell you. It wasn't from the Lord. How many know the Lord is not telling you, pray always? And then the, at the same time saying, it's not working. Right? I mean, he'll give us instruction, but he's not going to encourage us or even tell us to do something and then discourage us from continuing in that. Okay? So again, the armor is necessary for the person who's going to be a prayer. All right? And I trust I'm talking to people tonight who are prayers. I mean, we pray when we come to church, and hopefully you pray all through the day, all through your life, and have certain times where you pray and set time aside for that. It's very important that, you, that we do so. And again, the Scripture says here that we should pray always, with all prayer and supplication. The, the New International Version says it this way, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. And so all kinds of prayer is what we're instructed to do. Get your helmet on, man. Know that you're saved. Know about the righteousness of God. Uh, make sure that you got the belt of truth on. Get the shield of faith up. Pull your sword out and start praying. Are you listening? In other words, the Word of God is a key component to an effective prayer life. All right? We'll come back to that later. But uh, let me just start this series by answering this question and explaining to you what prayer is not. 
Okay, before we can ever really understand what prayer is, it, it, it can be helpful to understand what prayer is not. So if you're taking notes, write these points down. I want to give you several things. We'll see how far we go. But number one, prayer is not going to change God. Prayer is not going to change God. First of all, let's understand this, that He already loves us. He already loves us. There's no degree of praying that you are going to do to get God to love you more. And there is a misconception in the minds of many believers. Many people, they are, they are saved, they love God, but they almost feel like they have to try to get God to do stuff for them. That when they're praying, they're trying to convince God to use some of His almighty power on their behalf and if we think that way about the Lord we're really approaching him wrong from the very get-go okay he already loves us and we should never approach God as if we must convince him to do the right thing do we really think that we want the right thing to be done but if we could only get God to do it if we could only get God to agree with us and really want to help people. Sometimes people pray for revival. And that's really their thought. If you really get down to it, it's like, man, why isn't God doing this? Why isn't God doing the things that, that, that we see in the Word? And it's like they want it more than God wants it. Okay, that's the wrong approach to prayer. Okay, prayer does not put you at a, on a higher moral ground than the Father. Okay, if ever you want something good to happen, understand from the beginning, again, that God wants it way more than you do. Okay, if we understand that while we pray, it'll keep us from trying to plead and beg and just convince and think if I pray long enough and hard enough and if I cry enough maybe I have to miss meals for a week maybe I have to do something something to just get God to move okay no wrong attitude there wrong understanding of what God wants and who he is from the start Know that He loves you so much. And He loves everyone in your family more than you do. Okay? And the people you want saved. You think, you think He wants them saved? Come on. He's the one who gave His life. The Lord Jesus shed His blood. You haven't. And He wants it so much more than you and I ever do. When we pray now, knowing this. Knowing His will, knowing His love, oh, I tell you what, it makes the whole prayer life open right up. Like, I want to do this now. I want to go in there. Because ultimately, if God doesn't want to do it, do you really think you're going to twist His arm hard enough? <laughs> I think what we really need to focus on is simply agreeing with God. And you'll find that everything He wants ultimately is what you want yeah yeah and so we need to know what he wants and so we uh, we need to understand that prayer is not going to change God uh, let me just expound on this a little bit further there uh, there are scriptures in the Old Testament that unfortunately a lot of New Testament prayers make it their foundation and I think they're missing the boat of which covenant they're in not everything done in the Old Covenant 
is what we do in the new covenant. Certainly we learn a lot, and there's some things we can incorporate right in, definitely some of the promises, but some of the ways that people approached God then is not the same as the way we are supposed to approach God, okay? Uh, for example, when, when Abram was praying concerning the city of Sodom, the wicked city was about to be destroyed. And he, he, the way he talked to the Lord, he, shall, he said, shall not the God of the, uh, of the whole earth, something like that, shall not he do right? And, uh, well, I want you to know the Lord has done us all right by Jesus now. Amen. Okay? And, and, and there are some statements. Well, go with me to Exodus 32 just for a, a, a bit. Exodus 32. And I don't want to get into the whole deal here, but you know the story when Moses went to get the Ten Commandments and uh, Aaron and the children of Israel uh, started acting naughty, right? And they got into some business and they took all their jewelry and they melted it and made a golden calf and started, you know, worshiping that thing and this is your God now and a bunch of nonsense and a bunch of baloney. And how many know the Lord was not happy with that? The Lord was pretty ticked off. All right. He was ready to wipe them out. In fact, he just said, Moses, stand back, man. I'm putting this in my own words. Stand back. I'm about to clean this place out, wipe them out. I'm going to start over with you. I'll make a great nation out of you, but I'm going to take care of these turkeys right now, these bunch of jerks. That's Hebrew. In verse 12 of chapter 32... Moses said, why should the Egyptians speak and say, he brought them out to harm them, to kill them in the mountains, and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce wrath and relent this harm to your people. Now, if you read, some of you might be reading the old King James Bible. That's even stronger. He said, Lord, repent. <laughs> He did. He told the Lord in his prayer. He said, repent. And, and if that kind of bothers you a little bit, if you read a couple verses down later, it said the Lord repented. <laughs> and so here's what we need to understand. That is really not the way that we pray today. We are not trying to avert God's wrath and judgment. Do you know that? Okay. God's wrath and judgment has already been averted. Okay, it was placed on the Lord Jesus. He took the punishment so God could look favorably upon all mankind. Okay, and so I'm not the mediator. I'm not the one who's, who, who's trying to stop God from destroying somebody. In reality, God loves them through Jesus. He has been the mediator. There's only one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, right? And so let's not try to be Jesus. Let's not try to be the mediator in the middle of all this stuff, but let's take our place of prayer. But when we, when we read examples from the Old Testament, let's bring it on into the New Covenant so we really understand, is this the way I'm supposed to be talking to the Lord? Is this the way I'm supposed to be praying to, to God? Or were they under a different covenant there, and, and now I approach Him a different way? Okay? And this will help to clear up some of the do's and don'ts of how we pray in the New Testament. So again, uh, our prayer is not going to change God. Uh, go over to Luke chapter 18. 
Luke, the 18th chapter. And uh, this is another one of those passages that I think has confused some people. And it really can hinder their prayer life and how they approach God because they, uh, they really miss the point of this. In the 18th chapter of Luke, verse 1, Then he spoke a parable to them that men ought always to pray and never lose heart, saying, There was in a city a certain man who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him, saying, uh, Get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I do not fear God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continually coming she weary me. Okay? Uh, let's just stop right there for a moment. This is not a picture of God. Sometimes people have taught well, if you just keep banging on heaven's door, just keep ringing the bell, <laughs> just, keep not, just keep on asking and asking and asking, and if you keep doing it, you'll eventually wear God out. And he'll say, okay, here you go. We need to understand, that is not the way God deals with us. This is not a picture of how the Father responds to our prayer requests, but this is an unjust person here, someone who doesn't fear God, and it's showing us a contrast, how this guy dealt with this woman and how God deals with us. This guy says, man, I don't even want to help. Get away from me, but if you don't quit, man, I guess I'll go ahead and give it to you. That is not how God deals with us, okay? Again, if that were true, I want to let you know, you could not wear God out. You could not weary Him by your continual coming. And if that's the approach we're going to take, you are going to be banging a long time. Your knuckles are going to be raw, and God is not even phased by it, okay? But His love moves Him the first time. That's the good news. You can't wear Him out. But his love for you will get him to move on your behalf. Let's go ahead and finish that out there. It says, uh, where are we at? Verse 6, Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said. And shall not God avenge his elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? Now let me, let me give you that from an amplified Bible because it makes more sense. He said, And will not our just God defend and protect and avenge his elect, his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night. Will he defer and delay help on their behalf? What's the answer to that? No. Some of this, some translations kind of give the impression like God's going to hold you off, but the next verse contradicts it anyway. It says, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? And so God's response is a quick response. He avenges us quickly. And if you approach him knowing that he's not an unjust God to just kind of close his ear and tell you where I'm out, but he's a faithful God who's going to respond speedily to you. When you are in trouble, you are going the right place. When you are calling on him, and he will answer you quickly. Okay, and so again, prayer, what prayer is not, it is not going to change God. It, it will change you, 
Prayer will change circumstances. It will change physical realities. But it does not change the Father. Again, good news. He's already on your side. <laughs> We're already on the same team. Praise God. How many know when you prayed to get saved? God didn't change. His response, really, he didn't even have to decide, okay, I'll save you. In reality, he already decided that. He already took care of your sin in Jesus. So when you came to him, who changed? Well, you did. You called upon him and you accessed his mighty love and forgiveness and power. And it revolutionized your life in an instant. But he was still the same. Still will be the same. And good news again, he's on our side. So, so prayer does not, is not going to change God. N number two. Number two, prayer is not the solution to every problem. Prayer is not the solution to every problem. Sometimes people approach every difficulty, every circumstance, no matter what's happening, they say, we just need to pray. Okay? Well, i got to tell you, that's not always the thing to do. Sometimes you have to consider other elements of our walk with God in our, our life. Things like faith. Things like obedience. Hmm? And, and those really aren't about prayer. Sometimes people just need to believe. And someone can pray for them all night long. Rub every hair off their head. You know, uh, like... You know, someone once said, get 12 grown men to tw carry them out 12 miles into the forest. Tie them to a tree and pray for them 12 hours. Wouldn't help. <laughs> and uh, sometimes, pr someone said, just pray for me. Well, i got to tell you, sometimes that irks me. Now, I say sometimes. Most of the time, not. All right. Here's when it irks me. When someone is living in disobedience blatant rebellion to God and they ask someone else to pray for them concerning everything that's going wrong. I think that's dishonest. What are you thinking? I'm going to go and maybe spend an hour in prayer for you praying for this affliction or whatever it is to leave you and you're in rebellion to God and really the source of your problem is not about a lack of prayer but about a lack of obedience. Are you listening? And so that's why we need to understand, not always do we just need people to pray for us. And you might, it might sound strange. You're teaching on prayer and saying it. Well, I'm, I'm saying it is. I will say later. It is the answer many times. And it's, it's a solution to many circumstances and situations. But not always. All right. You can't just replace all our responsibilities, all of our faith, all of our obedience uh, with just getting a bunch of people to pray for you or even just praying yourself. I'm just going to pray and lay hold of this. Well, listen, your prayer, again, will not override doing what's right. If the Lord says go right and you go left, you can pray all day long and you're still going to be out of His will. And when you're out of His will, things are just not really going to work the way He wants them to work. Okay? Pray, 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 pray. And it won't help. Amen. <laughs> All right. And so, uh, Jimmy, just throw this out as well. Don't act like the devil's attacking you. Every time something goes wrong. I got to tell you, sometimes it's not even him. Hmm. Sometimes 
It's just we're not doing something right. Yeah. Everyone's kind of quiet a little bit. I'm not meaning to be hard, hard on this and, and harsh. We just need to, I just think we need to think straight in relationship to this stuff. And, and, and to be balanced, it's not all about prayer. Now, is it all about something else? No, it's not really all about something else either. It's a balanced life. Prayer has its place. Uh, You know, sometimes people say, well, just pray for, uh, you know, my my marriage is not really doing too well. And uh, would you just pray? Well, maybe you just ought to walk in love. Try that. Maybe you ought to try respecting your mate. Maybe you ought to try uh, putting them first over yourself. I mean... I'm not down on you for it. I'm just making a suggestion. Good pastoral advice. Okay? You can pray and, 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 and prayer's good. And, and, but again, it doesn't override. If I'm rude to my wife, I don't care how many hours I pray in the Holy Ghost. I'm still rude. Still going to hurt her. Still going to cause friction and, and strife in the home. Amen. Amen. So... Uh, anyway, number two, again, what prayer is not, it is not the solution to everything, okay? Number three, number three, prayer is not a sure sign of spirituality. Prayer is not a sure sign or a, a definite indication of spirituality. Say, do, do non-spiritual people, when I say spiritual, I'm thinking mature, uh, do they pray? Yes, yes. In fact, if you, if you were to look at Matthew chapter 6, you're not too far from there, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 5, you'll find this interesting, Matthew 6, 5, this is Jesus speaking. He said, and when you pray, you shall not be like the, like the hypocrites, for they love to pray. Right? They love to pray. Now, he goes on to say about their prayer, standing in the synagogues and so forth, to be seen by men. But I want to point this out, that hypocrites love to pray. Yeah. A lot of hypocrites love to, pl- love to pray. And just because someone is praying is no indication necessarily that their heart is right. Some, uh, you know, sometimes people look at others and they think, wow, they're just, they're just a prayer, man. I know that. Well, you don't really know what's on the inside of them. Maybe they want you to be impressed with their prayer life. Okay. And so again, just because someone's praying, that's not a direct indication. In Matthew 23 and verse 14, uh, Jesus spoke again there uh, to the scribes and the Pharisees. He called them hypocrites. He said, for a pretense, they make long prayers. Say, what about someone who prays a long time? Well, again, it's not a direct indication. For sometimes, hypocrites pray a long time. So someone said, what about praying long? Are we supposed to pray a long time or a short time? Yes. <laughs> it really depends on what kind of prayer you're praying and what your, your goal is and your objective. But let me just throw this out. Sometimes people feel really guilty and really condemned for not praying long enough. And I want you to know that you cannot pray long enough to get God to love you anymore. You are no more righteous and no more saved and no more loved by God after an hour's worth of prayer or 30 seconds worth of prayer or if you went to play golf instead of praying. Are you listening? 
Sometimes people really get into a works mode and mentality when it comes to prayer. There have been those out who have challenged people, you know, to pray for an hour a day. And I don't, I'm not going to say that's a bad thing. If you were to pray an hour a day, for most, for, well, let me say, a lot of people that would help. For some people it would hurt them. Because if their if they're prayer, well, I've got to get my hour in. I've got to get my, well, I'm not sure that prayer is real effective. Because you're just trying to work and trying to uh, prove something and show God that you're a good Christian and, and you're going to pray and half the time you're not into it. You're not doing it because you want to. You're just doing it because you feel like you're going to be guilty if you don't do it. And I'm not a really good Christian if I'm not at least praying. Listen, you need to quit praying maybe for a while. Are you listening? And meditate on the love of God, how you are the righteousness of God in Christ, and that you praying a long time is not going to change that. Or your lack of prayer is not going to change that. Okay? Once we get past that hump and know that if I pray five minutes, I'm good. As far as my position and place with God, and if I pray five hours, I'm the same God isn't going, yeah, you are, man, you're the man, five hours, you're getting a special place in the kingdom. No, 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 still saved, still the same degree of righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, whether I pray a long time or a short time. Again, there were hypocrites, they prayed a long time. They made really, really long prayers. Sometimes people need to shorten them up because half of what they're doing is not really even prayer. And they get off of the word, and they get, uh, you know, they get into other areas, and they get talking about the problem and praying about what's all their prayers about what's wrong instead of what the promises say, and they get off of what is really effective anyway. But let's remember that uh, prayer is not a sure sign of spirituality. Okay, say so when would prayer, when it would be right to pray a long time? Well. Um, if you desire to, I think it'd definitely be right. If you have a personal, where, where you want to have a personal discipline, you say, you know what, I'm really slacking off, and unless I really kind of make myself for a while, uh, I'm not going to be praying like I think I ought to, and uh, what I know I should do. And so someone might put a clock to it for their own personal discipline, okay? But if it goes beyond, I'm working on me, then I think you really get out of line when you're, when you're trying to pray an hour because you're going to feel bad and guilty if you don't get that hour in or some type of time frame, okay? Again, is it personal discipline? You're trying to get yourself into a habit, then fine, then, then good. And if you don't ever pray, maybe you should do that. But not because you're a bad person if you don't. All right, but because you want to establish that work in your life, then get yourself in a habit and uh, after you're past the hump, I think you'll be better off not putting a clock to it. Not saying, okay, I'm going to pray for this period of time during the day every day, okay? And you, go, get, you get more into a freedom where you, you might pray more often and uh, you might pray at different unscheduled times. You might be fellowshipping with the Lord all through the day and it can be very powerful and very wonderful, okay? The other side, of course, of all that is we understand that prayer can be a, an assignment, Sometimes there's something that you really need to pray about until it's done. So how long do I pray? Until it's done. Until, until you're done. Uh, I remember in, in my uh, early years of really spending 
quality time praying in the spirit, praying in other tongues. Uh, I used to struggle with it a little bit, and I think, well, you know, how long do I go here? How long do I pray? And, and how do I know when I'm done? And, uh, and uh, this is kind of crude, but I'll tell you anyway. And I was talking to another minister. He said, he said to me, he said, well, when you go to the bathroom, how do you know when you're done? <laughs> and I thought, yeah. You're just done. Isn't that right? <laughs> no need for any further explanation. When you're done, you're done. And sometimes very similar, you know, when you're praying, you're praying about something, you're just done. I'm good on that one. Okay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hope you don't mind me using real life illustrations. <laughs> Number four. Number four. What prayer is not, it is not without rules. Prayer is not without rules. In other words, you remember the disciples came to Jesus and said, Master, teach us to pray. Well, why would you need to be taught to pray? Why don't you just go ahead and pray? Apparently, there is a way to pray which would automatically tell us that there's ways not to pray. And so understand that there are correct methods of prayer and there are incorrect methods of prayer. And we could simply come to this conclusion that a correct prayer is an effective prayer. And an incorrect prayer is an ineffective prayer. Not all prayers that are prayed are prayed right. Not all prayers are prayed according to the rules or the boundaries that w- of which we'll get into some of these in this message. There are guidelines and principles for how to pray. Okay, someone might think, well, I've prayed a bunch and nothing ever happened. Well, one, there might be things happened that you didn't know about. Two, it might be off in the future. Three, you might have prayed wrong. <laughs> I know that's not real encouraging. <laughs> but you'll be able to analyze and, and look at how you approach God and how you pray and know whether you play, prayed within the boundaries. And uh, again, we can't have this notion that, well, as long as we're praying, does it really matter how we pray? Well, again, it does matter because if it didn't matter, we wouldn't be given instructions on how to pray. We wouldn't be ha- we wouldn't have there's numerous Bible verses on the subject of prayer, and they really would be unnecessary if how we prayed didn't matter at all. Okay? And so understand that God gave us rules and He gave us guidelines so that we could pray within them and be effective when we pray. God really wants you to get things done. He wants your prayers to be answered. Listen, all the time. Every single time. Doesn't that make sense? Oh, yeah. And, uh, and, and so because of that, he's given us directions. He's given, given us guidelines for various types of prayer. We must abide by them to be effective. It can, it's kind of like, uh, you know, recently we taught on the life of praise. Some have the idea that when I praise God, it's really all about my preference. 
It's really all about what I like. And I know some people like to raise their hands and some people like to shout the praises of God. And, 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 and that's just a personal preference. It's whatever you feel comfortable doing. And, and really, anything is praise. I mean, <laughs> anything you do is... And so people have philosophized the praise life and excluded the Word of God. They've held to their own comfortable traditions and left out what God likes. I think it makes sense that if I'm going to praise, I kind of look at who am I praising and what does he like and actually use the Bible for my life. That's an idea right there. Actually live the Christian life according to the Word, according to Scripture. And so just like praise should be done according to the Word, prayer should be done according to the Word. Amen? Okay, okay. Let's 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 get one let's get one more here, and uh, and then we'll we'll pick up next time. Uh, no, number five is prayer is not limited to certain people. Prayer is not limited to certain people. In in Matthew twenty one, and verse thirteen, this is one of multiple places that this is written. It it, it says this, and he said to them, Jesus. It is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. You know then he was speaking about the temple, Solomon's temple that he was in. But how many know once Jesus died, was raised from the dead, the Spirit of God came to live in us, right? We were born of him, he now indwells us, and we are called the house of God. What is the house of God? It's you. Okay, it's not the church building anymore. It is you and it is me. And so what are we called? If we're the house of God, we are also called a house of prayer. You were designed by God through the new birth and the indwelling of the Spirit to pray. In fact, if you do not pray, you're going against what you're created to do. Yeah, when I say created, created in Christ to do. And there can be a certain degree of dissatisfaction, a certain degree of, of showering with your socks on, you know, just simply because your prayer life is kind of non-existence or really not to where it's supposed to be. Again, not measuring your worth and value to God in, in the sense of righteousness, but when you're created to do something, you just feel like you need to do it. Huh? I mean, if, if you've got a talent, if you've got an ability to sing, you can't go too many days without singing, right? You're just going to sing because the sing is in you. And I want to tell you that there's, there's prayer in you. There's prayer in me. I am a house of prayer. And if I'm not praying, I might not be able to put my finger on it, but something's missing. What's missing in me? What's going on here? Well, I'm created, to pr I'm created to pray, and I'm bottling that up, and it's not coming out, and so I'm going to feel like there's something not right. Prayer is not just for a selected few. Someone said, well, some people are called to pray. Well, I don't really have a verse on that. Okay? I don't see apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, and prayers. I'm just under the impression that everyone who was saved, should be praying. Okay? Say, so do you think God uses some people more than others? I would really think that when people give themselves to prayer, He'll step right in and use them more than others. 
But again, a call, I don't know. I don't have a scripture that says someone's called to pray. Except for the fact that we all are called to pray. We're all told to pray at all times, right? Pray without ceasing. Amen. And so prayer is for everyone. I think some people have, a, have avoided prayer. They've avoided being in prayer meetings and, and being uh, in that class because sometimes prayers are weird. And they didn't want to be like them. Can I tell you to it straight? I've met some weird people and they were prayers. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm not judging their heart. I'm just saying they're strange. I really think you can be completely normal, have a personality, not carry a burden every day, and be a prayer, and be powerful. In reality, how many know the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength? If you're not happy, you're not strong. Hmm. Say, but I have a burden. I know, and you're going to be under it for a while because you're too weak to get it off. Because you need to be able to have some joy in your life. Amen. And so again, uh, though that's the case, and maybe some of you have experienced that as I have, I'm not going to back away from being a prayer, prayer, because some people have gotten in what, in my opinion, strange and weird with it and spooky, spooky spiritual. God intends for me to be normal, spirit-filled, full of life and full of power and make a difference in prayer. And it's a satisfaction and a joy to my heart and it'll change people around me. Amen. And so prayer is not limited to a certain number or a certain group or a certain type of person. Amen. Let's pick up there next time and we'll give you some more on what prayer is not before we get into, into, into the different kinds of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you tonight for being a good God, for being in us, for being for us. Thank you for what you're doing, what you're saying. Thank you for the word of the Lord that comes unto us. And thank you that you, that you are directing our every step, our lives, everything that we do. Father, I give you honor and praise and thanksgiving for you're at work in our midst. Thank you for the glory of God, the fire of your spirit. Oh, that, that it comes into our house that manifests in this place to change lives, to turn people's lives around for your good, for your glory. We do honor and bless you for that in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for any person who's come tonight that's not in the...